Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. We are Stephanie and Fox from Evolve Your Intimacy, sitting in for Carol and David. We are a sexual health education and guidance center where you learn to educate, enlighten, and evolve your intimacy. Are you ready to spice up your sex life? Well, you've come to the right place because that is what the sexy lifestyle is all about. We are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be by discussing everything about relationships, sexual health, sex, intimacy, and pleasure. We love discussing the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown with our top experts in the industry and hope that our conversations will open up your dialogue for great sex. Because great sex matters and we all deserve it. Has your sex changed since you turned 50? Are you longing to recreate that passion and lust for your partner that you had all those years ago when you first started dating? On today's show, we're talking with Dr. Lori Batito about passion versus sex and ensuring the viability of your relationship after the age of 50. Let's take a moment to talk about the top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex, but no one wants to sleep in that wet spot. If you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need your own top waterproof blanket. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. You don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That is T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. Dr. Petito is a clinical psychologist with a specialty in sexual wellness and has been practicing psychotherapy for over 30 years. Dr. Lori is a television regular. She appeared on weekly shows Eros on the Life Channel as a sexpert and also on Men TV a digital cable channel, where she hosted the show Let's Talk Sex. She has appeared frequently on various television programs and documentaries, both as a commentator and as a regular sexpert. Lori has had regular features in national magazines such as Men's Magazine, Mum Magazine, and A to Z Parents, and she's published several academic papers. Also, to throw all of that on top of everything, she is the director of the Pornhub Sexual Wellness Center. Wow, that is a lot. That is more than ours, which is <laughs> absolutely amazing. <laughs> Let's bring Dr. Lori on. You forgot one thing. Oh, what did I forget? Which is, I'm not sure you mentioned, which is the author of the sex Bible for people over 50, which is what we're talking about. <laughs> that, that's coming. That's coming. I did forget to put that in there. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, goodness. And she is the author of The Sex Bible for people over 50 and helping them reconnect. And we're going to talk all about that today. So, wow, that, that, that's that's some credentials. I, I, I personally am a fangirl. You are um, yeah. one of the committee members for my dissertation. And I think I have cried, begged and pleaded and snotted all over your shoulder probably before because <laughs> this dissertation is really kicking my rear end, but I thank you so much for putting up for me, with me on all of that. <laughs> my pleasure. Listen, I've been there. I know it's it, it can be a really rough ride, take a long time, and mm -hmm. we need all the support we can help, we can get. I, I tell you, you're probably, you're the most uh, beneficial thing I've met lately, so. Thing or person? Person. Okay, person. I'm <laughs> Just... sorry. <laughs> You Don't know, worry. I uh, do not get offended either. I get when it comes to grammar and spelling, I grab the wins I can grab. Yes. Because she is a grammar and spelling. That I am. That I am. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background in sexology and what got you started on your journey with helping others in their sex life. Man, that, you know, at my age now, it's a long road back, right? So I have to go way back in my memory. Um, you know, I get asked this question a lot, like, what was your interest in sexuality? And the, the first thing that comes to mind is that when I was a teenager, 
I had an E, like my friends were coming to me to find out, I don't know, they always asked me sex questions. I don't even know why, they just did. And it, it was just easy for me to talk about. But back then, the only sources we had to get any information from was Cosmopolitan magazine, where you'd get like how to give the best blow job, how to please your man, how to, you know, so I, that was what I was reading, you know, yeah. plus the encyclopedias that I had at home and putting those two together. So I think it was just an ease in, in talking and I, it was a, something that always, always fascinated me. I always knew that I wanted to go into the helping profession. So that was another area for me. So uh, in my um, in my studies, I, I did uh, a Bachelor of uh, Psychology. And then after that, I actually did a Bachelor of Social Work um, and started working in the area of um, Child Protective Services. But while I was there, my I developed a specialty in working with sex abuse victims, um, children, adolescents, and so got into that area of sexuality. And not only that, I was given cases of child pornography, of um, you know, all like really some of the most horrific things that happened to children. But a lot of the sexual stuff was given to me, and so. I got fascinated with it, delved into it a little bit more. Uh, then I went on to do a master's degree in social work and then switched at that point to do a master's um, PhD in psychology at another university. So, but in between all of that, I had taken the one course that was available at my university at McGill, which was on um, human sexuality, mm -hmm. it was the only course and I loved it. And then the teacher became my like mentor and I followed in her footsteps and went to get my training where she got her training. It was a two year program um, of, for sex and marital therapy. And that's what I did. That, and that, so that's when I did that training way back when I guess I was around 25, 26 years old or something, 28, I don't even remember. And that's when uh, my career in sexuality started, but my career in me the media started almost immediately after I began my career in sexuality by pure accident. I was working at a um, human sexuality clinic at, at our local, at our hospital, and uh, in walked this um, disc jockey mm -hmm. um, who had wanted to do a show uh, on a very popular music station, wanted to do a, a, um, a weekly show that addressed sexuality where experts would answer questions. So he came in saying, hey, anybody interested? And I said, sure, I was young and, you know, whatever. Yeah. I said, I'll do it, I'll do it. Uh, so I did do that and I loved it. And I did that for like nine years. And then they offered me a nightly radio show from that point on. So for 22 years, I had a nightly show on the biggest radio station in Montreal, uh, five nights a week for 22 years. That's wow. over five to 6,000 episodes that I did, all on sexuality, relationships, et cetera. But it was great because it was uh, able to communicate with, with directly with listeners. And so it was really fantastic. And um, from that came the TV shows and the documentaries and all of that. So my entire career now, I could say, has been mostly bringing sexual wellness education to the public. And then I wrote the book and then I did a couple of TED Talks, um, you know, do a lot of speaking and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So I definitely watched your TED Talks, loved them. I'm, I'm want to be you when I grow up one day. <laughs> Plain and simple. That you're well, that's not, a compliment. Thank you. You you are who I want to be. Just don't move to Canada. Why? They're so nice <laughs> there. Because old. I because but I'm we have here. no guns. <laughs> Did you say well, no guns? We have guns. We oh, just don't have them all yeah, over the place. That's it for me. I'm, oh, I'm out. Canada's out. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> You did write the book, The Sex Bible for People Over 50, A Complete Guide to Sexual Love for Mature Couples. What inspired you to write that? <laughs> Truthfully, uh, I was turning 50 myself. So I was like, damned if sex is going to stop at my, you know, when I yeah. get older. So and I, all my friends were turning 50 or were already 50. So it was a great opportunity when the opportunity came up. And actually it was. That's an interesting story in and of itself, because there's a there's like 
four different sex Bibles. Uh, Dr. Jessica O'Reilly yes. wrote one. Uh, I, you know, she uh, recommended me for for this one. So the 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 uh, publishing house reached out to me and a few other people, and anyway, so they gave me the opportunity. And so I was so grateful for that because the timing was perfect. It's like, hey, I'm turning 50. Like, this is good stuff. So it's a, what I wanted was an evidence-based um, uh, uh, book. Not like I wanted to, to the research to, to show. So it wasn't just my opinion or my hopes and dreams for having a great sex life. It was to show that there are, there's plenty of research out there that shows that sex can be great after 50 and yes, there are changes, but how do we adapt to those changes? And that was the, the main purpose. As a clinician, uh, I was also tired of hearing people say like in their 50s and 60s, oh, I've been there, done that, I'm mm -hmm. too old for it anyway. Uh, you know, like just giving up on it. And I'm like, why are you giving up on pleasure? Like yeah. it's pleasure. Pleasure is like good for you. It's like, why would you give that up? So um, it just made me dig a little deeper and then try to find, you know, solutions for things and get people thinking about sexuality a little differently, maybe, because it's not the sex of your 20s and 30s. It, it does change, uh, but it can still be freaking amazing. Well, so many of the couples that come to us who are 50 or older, they're often wanting to increase the passion in their relationship again. They want to, you know, increase the the frequency of their sex similar to when they were beginning the stages of the relationships. I mean, um, I, I, yeah. So a lot of people will say that to me too, like, Oh, I want, I want what we had in the beginning. And I'm like, I asked them, can you be a virgin again? Nope. Can you have, is there more than one beginning of anything? Nope. Like the beginning is the beginning Like mm -hmm. we are, you know, the, 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 the lust feelings and all these things that are generated in our brains by uh, triggered, you know, trigger the dopamine and all of that, that dissipates with time. Inevitably, that dissipates and it switches and it changes to something else. So having what you had in the beginning, no, you're not going to have that consistently. Injecting moments of, of greater passion, yes, of course you can have that, but that's the work. If you, at the beginning of a relationship, it take, it's effortless. It's effortless. You see each other, you jump on each other, you want to have sex whenever you see each other, you're gung-ho to do anything and everything, and you don't think about it. Yeah. Now, fast forward, now you have to think about it. Now it's like, okay, let's let's do something more interesting. Let's spice it up. Let's, you know, uh, I don't know, we'll find something different to do, or I'm getting a little bored or whatever it is. And that's not to say that everybody gets bored. Some people are very happy with comfort sex, you know, where, where it's just, it's, it's good and it's good enough. And they don't, they're not necessarily looking for a lot of that. Their passion comes from in, in many different forms. It's not always the, the be all and end all for everybody, but um, you have to work at it. Like you've got to, to do things. And the research actually shows that the more, the more of a passionate life you lead outside of the bedroom, you bring this into the bedroom. So when couples share uh, uh, new activities together, or they travel to new cities together, or they create new memories together of, of fun things they do, that they bring that into the bedroom. So, you know, if you have a boring life, you're likely to have a pretty boring sex life too. So focus on doing stuff together as a couple and exploring the world together, different aspects. It could be discovering a new game. It could be anything new will generate some of that passionate feeling, which can then be translated um, in the bedroom. And then of course there's new things you can try in the bedroom too. And you can get ideas, you know, there's plenty of books written about all the different ideas you have and how many sex toys out there and all kinds of things you can bring into the bedroom just to add just a little different, a, a little thing that's a little bit different can change the 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 whole um scenario right we're not asking people to swing from chandeliers mm. well we do have a sex swing in our bedroom it is not a sex swing it is you, a yoga trapeze you call it a yoga trapeze whatever you want <laughs> i have never seen you do yoga in it and we have definitely used it for sex i have hung upside down a few times to stretch my back in my yoga trapeze <laughs> naked which Just leads, blush. <laughs> yeah, which leads into sex. So, it, it, you know, I'm glad you said that because as as you were saying that, Doc, 
Here I am thinking, well, I guess it's really good that Stephanie and I both skydive. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Whoa. Um, and then we like to do a, a lot of outdoor adventure type um, activities because we both equally get bored pretty easily. Oh, very easily. Yeah. So we're constantly okay. looking for the new, the different, the exciting, the, uh, you know, what have you. So that's a great point. So you said bringing some new things into the bedroom. So what are some of the things that we can give our listeners just some hints besides skydiving because not everybody wants to jump out of a plane um, <laughs> that would help them rejuvenate their sex lives? Well, first of all, look at look at the entirety of your relationship not just the bedroom because the bedroom is often a uh what do you a symptom or you know gives Mm -hmm. you a look at the rest of the relationship too right so make sure the rest of your relationship is and it doesn't have to be exciting like skydiving but it has to be intimate so you have to be able to share and couples who don't spend any time together, couples that don't have a lot of um, outside of sex intimacy have a harder time in the bedroom, I think. So I like to encourage couples to spend time together, do things together. It, it doesn't have to be, again, you can just say, I want to have a game night tonight or let's play strip poker. It doesn't have to be strip poker. It could be anything. Let's play backgammon. Let's play cards. Let's. But you're focusing on each other. You're laughing. You're putting music on, you're maybe drinking a glass of wine. Like it's the fun part of it, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that the relationship is fun because sex has to be fun. You're not doing it because you have to, you're doing it because it's fun, hopefully, right? So, I mean, this is about bringing fun into a relationship. You can't be a, a, a you know, a downer of a, like if your relationship feels heavy and, and, um, full of, of tension and how does that bring, what, how, what are you bringing into the bedroom at that point? Exactly. You got to think about that. So when people come to see me with a sexual issue, I, I often will look at it as a symptom of something else maybe going on in the relationship or what have you. So if that's happening, fix that. You know, that's what couples therapists do. This is how, you know, you want to do that. You can't just go and it's not a Band-Aid solution. Oh, let's try a sex toy. That'll fix everything. Or let's, you know, do this thing in, in bed and that'll, or we'll bring in a third person. That'll fix everything. These are not going to fix things if, if there are fundamental issues. Now, if everything else is great, and I see a lot of couples who say, look, our relationship is great. We're best friends. We, we feel safe with each other. We love each other. We're affectionate with each other. So those couples need a little boost. They just need to like say, okay, we got to put this on the radar. We have to make, you know, plan it. And I know people hate that word when I say you've got to plan it. Mm-hmm. But when you go skydiving, do you plan it? I'm sure you do. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Sometimes. We, oh, come we on. Plan the you don't just go to the before. airport and jump out of the plane. Oh, oh, yeah. We definitely, we definitely take care of that part. Uh, that's okay. all based off of safety and, and what's going on in the air for everybody else. So, but it's the same thing. You're planning a fun activity. So why not plan a night of fun in the bedroom in the same way? Yes. Sometimes. I don't mean all the time, but sometimes. Yeah. So what do you say for people like, so I'm going to call myself out. There seems to be either something wrong with me or, (laughs) and I'm just going to, you know, I'm very transparent and open. Um, because I tend to get turned off when we have to plan too much. If there's time frames involved, you know, or or too many specifics, for some reason I get turned off. I like the what's the term I'm looking for? The, spon- the spontaneity of um, you know, of an action or behavior or you know something to that effect. Okay, that's a good point. And when I encounter that, it's usually the person that needs to plan it is the one who has a harder time with the spontaneous sex or the, you know, oftentimes it's the, the, the female, let's say, whose libido is not as spontaneous, is not as horny and has to, is more responsive, that it's, she has to plan it, at least in her head, 
because in order to prepare so that she can enjoy it to the max, which means getting rid of all that crap in your head, you know, focusing on, on, on relaxation and pleasure and all of that. I find women have a harder time doing that than men do. So they, it's harder for them to be as spontaneous. So my suggestion in that case would be your, the, your partner should plan it in her head, not tell you, but she's planning it, right? So you won't know if it's planned. Are you listening <laughs> to this? It'll be spontaneous. <laughs> I've got something planned. Don't worry. <laughs> like, this, is, this is perfect because, yeah, if I know so, about it, it uh, for some reason, it just ta- it takes the juice away from it. Uh, and right, I can't that's explain. Okay. That's okay. And I respect that. But there's a way around that because right. you, don't, you don't need to know that it's being planned in her head since the morning. Not you know, at she's all. Thinking about it. She's thinking about it, saying, okay, tonight I'm going to wear this lingerie and I'm going to bring this to the bedroom, whatever. And then she get, goes into the bathroom, dresses up and says, hey, honey, come on in. For you, it's spontaneous, but she's been thinking about it all day. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So this is some great information, but we will be right back with Dr. Lori Petito talking about great sex after 50 right after this commercial break. Now let's just talk about Topless Travel and the amazing trip that we have planned for next year. Absolutely. You know, Topless Travel is absolutely the best. If you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you absolutely must book with Topless Travel. From Hedonism 2 in Jamaica and Desire in Cancun to all the Bliss Cruises, Topless Travel needs to be your number one choice. Their trips and events are all about the people and their sexy, fun experiences. So let's just shout out to the sexy host couples, including Chelsea and Mark, who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Absolutely. And you'll find us on lots of the uh, Topless Travel trips. But listen up. The one we're really looking forward to is their Sexy Silver full takeover at Desire Pearl on October 16th, 23rd, 2022. We're gonna actually going to be broadcasting our podcast live from there. Rooms are really selling out quickly, so you better go online and book as soon as you can. Um, and we want to invite you to join us for a week, and we'd love to sit and chat and uh, meet you at Desire. And for more information about this trip or any other Topless Travel event, just go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the Topless Travel Events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Ever, ever, ever. We are back, and this is the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. We are Stephanie and Fox from Evolve Your Intimacy, sitting in for Carol and David, talking with Dr. Lori Batito, discussing great sex after 50. So, one of the most frequent reasons that couples come to see us is communication issues. They, they don't feel like their partners are hearing them or understanding them, and this is causing them some great distress in their sex lives. In your opinion, can you tell us like what's the root cause of this communication deficiency? I'm not sure if I would call it necessarily a deficiency, but a difference in the way they communicate. So sometimes we don't know that we're not communicating all that well. We think we're communicating, and we think our partner understands us, but they don't either because we're talking in a way that it's not being processed the way we expect it to because they have a different brain than we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we all come to the table with our own processing machine uh, and, and it's affected by so many things in our history and our lives and what have you. So part of it is first understanding how does my partner communicate? So for example, if I go to speak to my partner just like that while he's, I don't know, working on his computer and I say, hey, hon, da 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 and he's like, uh-huh, okay, okay. And then, you know, I, later on, he, he doesn't remember what we talked about and I get mad. Well, I didn't exactly pick the right moment when he would be listening. So I need to know that he can't multitask. So I need to know that when he's busy doing something, that is not the time to have to tell him something that I need him to retain. Mm-hmm. I need to say, honey, I need to tell you something. Can you please just look at me so I can, I need two minutes of your attention. When is a good time so that he can, you know, so you see, you have to know it's not just about talking when you want to talk. It, it's about listening. Communication is about listening, but you also have to know when your partner is available to listen to you if you want to be heard. So it goes, you know, on, on those two ends that you both have to think about that. And I think there's a lot of miscommunication when it comes to to that. 
I think there's miscommunication when it comes to um, expressing love also like you know we've all heard about the the five language uh, the five uh, love languages for example so you have one person that needs something and then the other person doesn't need it so they're not giving that like it's just like well that's the way i express love and you're not really hearing that and the other person says well that's not how i hear it and so the important thing about the love languages it's very important to know what your partner's love language is not because that's how you know you're you're being loved it's because you need to speak in their language mm -hmm. if my language is affection and my partner's language is acts of service he can do all kinds of stuff for me i'm not going to feel loved mm -hmm. i need him to give me affection for me to feel loved so he's going to go out maybe he's going to need to go out of his comfort zone to give me what i need and vice versa and i'm going to have to do that for him so that's really really important that we learn to speak in our partner's language rather than insist that they understand our language well, and that changes as we mature and as we grow in our relationships and what doesn't or what worked when you were 30 may not work when you're 50. And that's where that communication piece is so key to talk about it. So that so now you're bringing up uh, more about uh, sexual communication. You're 100 percent right. So my book outlines this really well, how all these changes as we age. So what might have felt good you know, at 30 may not feel good at all uh, at 50 or 60 or whatever. But if you can't tell your partner what feels good and what doesn't feel good, then you're doing yourself a disservice. It's like people who fake orgasms. Well, who are you hurting yourself in the end? Because your partner, yeah, sure, they feel good. They think they're doing it right. And they think they're, they're getting you off well, and they aren't. And you're not, you're not going to get your needs met. And then you get into this rut where, uh-oh, but I've been faking it all this time. Now I have to tell them I've been faking it. Like now you, now there's a breach of trust. And now, you know, so you're creating a whole other, a whole other problem. But sexual communication is definitely key. And I think people have a much harder time with sexual communication than anything else. Money and sex are the two issues that are the most difficult to talk about and the, mo the most taboo. Um, so people have to learn that we have to learn how to talk to each other without getting all defensive, without thinking the person is criticizing. So it really is about, you know, being able to share and tell your partner what it is that you need and not be judged by it either. I think another part of that is understanding what you need, taking the time to be self-reflective because your needs will change and that's okay but being able to communicate that and say, okay, you know what worked for me then? It's not really working for me now. Can we try something different? And being comfortable enough with your partner to say, this, this isn't working. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's, that's key. And you brought up, you know, getting to know yourself. Um, I, I say this in one of, I think one of my, my TED Talks, you know, women especially are probably know themselves less, maybe more now, but certainly my generation, what have you, where, you know, female masturbation was never talked about and mm -hmm. we didn't talk about sex toys and we didn't do any of that. So women had a hard, harder time being more in touch with their own bodies. Um, and I, you know, and I say, I say this, like if you line up a bunch of men and, uh, and just line up their penises and you ask them to pick theirs out of a lineup, Men will have no problem saying, yeah, that's my, that's my penis right there. But do the same with vulvas. And most women will say, I wouldn't, I don't know if I could mm -hmm. pick mine out. You know, I don't know if I could pick mine out. So that's a problem. We need to, we need to know our own bodies. We need to know what feels good for us and then be able to transmit that information. We all have our own roadmaps. So if we don't share the roadmap, our roadmap with our partner, how are, they're just going to go in blind and, you know, hit and miss and hope they get there. So we can, we can create the shortcuts. Mm. Creating shortcuts is never fun. <laughs> it's never, and people try that all the time. They're like, okay, well, we're just going to skip over this part and jump straight to to something else and you're just like okay but what about the journey in between what did we learn in between what are we learning about ourselves and i feel like that journey and that learning experience is so important and people just jump right over that 
You're you're right, and I I often get couples to um, do a lot of exploration of each other's bodies too. Like I literally have them with a flashlight. You know, I want you to be, and I tell them, I want you to be able to draw your partner's genitals for me. <laughs> I want you to have such a a visual that you can now know every part of them. You know, and it's a great it's a great way to get into especially couples who haven't been sexual for a while or what have you like you want to ease into also sexuality so you do a lot of the the touching just the exploration and you know get to know the area right get to know and and for new couples too like get to know get to know these genitals here in front of you don't close your eyes keep them mm-hmm. keep them open see the parts because we, we all have different clitorises we all have different labia we all have different areas that feel good so do it yeah D- don't ever ask me to draw your labia i was or your actually vulva about to ask if you could because you're going to get a stick figure we both know that my drawing ability my artistic ability is pretty much zero well i, I mean mine too but at least it would be a stick figure with a with a dick on it or something dick and balls i don't know if it looked like yours That's but right. it'd be something so, Dr. Lori, as couples age together, how can they ensure the viability of their relationship? So, as as couples get older, I think sex is less about frequency and more about quality, right? It's it's more quantity, it's quality over quantity. But we also have to change the way we see sex because when we think of sex, what do we think of? Most people, you say the word sex, it's synonymous with intercourse. Penetration. So, okay, it's penetration. But sex is so much more than penetration. So much more. That's one act of sex. Now, I believe that anything you do that involves your naked bodies together is part of sexuality. So you may not be able to get it up anymore. Maybe, you know, something wrong with the vagina, whatever. Something's the penetration is not possible. Well, does that mean you stop having pleasure? Your clitoris still works. Your, 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 your skin is still responding to touch. Like who doesn't like to be touched? Most of us enjoy a sensual touch. So all of that is part of a couple maintaining a sexuality. And because what is the purpose of sexuality? It's connection aside from pleasure, of course, but at some point, it's be, it just goes beyond the pleasure. It's about connecting. And it's about developing a unique bond that you have with no one else. Mm-hmm. So um, I encourage people to stretch their definition of what sexuality is. Um, because as you get older, you need to expand on that a little bit. Because things aren't, like you said, things change, you know, some things that you could do, you can't do. So you adapt to these. That doesn't mean you eliminate sexuality. Like, you know, many times I see men who, let's let's say, have erectile dysfunction. And because of that, they figure they're useless. It's like, I'm useless to my partner. And so they just avoid sex altogether. They avoid it completely. But when you avoid sex, you also tend to avoid anything that leads to sex or that might lead to sex, which means you start avoiding touch and you start avoiding the making out and you start avoiding anything that would trigger an arousal response in your partner because you feel that you can't perform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's dangerous because then what happens over time is couples start to separate and, yeah. you know, they start to distance themselves. And that's why it's important that, you know, if something isn't functioning, other parts function, your mouth, your hands, your whatever are still there. So we can address the problems, but also, you know, throw a wider net on what it is to be sexual. That's a great point. So I'm convinced that 50 is the new 30. However, a lot of the times our bodies, they don't get the message or our bodies (laughs) don't do what we want them to do. So my question is, what can a couple who is over the age of 50 do to accommodate the myriad of physical, emotional, and social changes that happens, um, you know, within that late middle age group? So I, I think it's a lot is a question of perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's a question of perspective. I, to me, when I think of aging, and I'm almost 60, so to me, when I think of aging, 
I think of aging as a privilege. I think of aging as a blessing. I look at all my friends that died uh, before even getting to 50. And I think of, wow, like every year that I'm on earth is a blessing to me. So I love aging. Like I, I, you know, I celebrate my birthday and like, woohoo, I'm almost 60. This is amazing. And this is all great. So perspective matters. Taking care of yourself matters. So if I, you know, uh, making sure I eat healthy, making sure that I, I exercise, I maintain a good, um, you know, uh, body mass index. And I, I do all these things, uh, take care of my skin, take care of everything. Well, yeah, then aging becomes a different, it's, it's very different. Like you look at people who are now in their 50s and 60s, and they look amazing. Like you can't, it's not the 60s of 50 years ago, grandma looked like grandma, you know, like now, like I, my mother's 85 years old and she still gets like, you know, whistled at, you know, in the street and she's 85, you know, and, um, and believe me, my father gets jealous and I look at him and said, you're jealous. Like you're jealous. Somebody's going to go pick mom up and, you know, take her away from you. Um, yeah. So, and, and I look at her and I see a sexy woman and other people do too. And she's 85. So for me, that that's been my inspiration. Right. And my parents are thankfully and blessedly uh, are together still and enjoy a very active life. And that's that's the key. You know, a sedentary sit on the couch, do nothing life isn't going to get you to live long. <laughs> if you, you know, it's how you live your life. It's not about living your life. It's how you live your life. Mm. So to me, that all matters. It's a it's a whole, you know, it's looking at it from a. a really a, a, a much bigger perspective and a holistic perspective. That, that yeah, I just, uh, that just made me smile. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. How you live your life is what matters. And that's perfectly said. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're going to be 60, 70. I bet you'll still be jumping out of airplanes. That's my guess. Oh, 100%. Oh, absolutely. As long as so, my knees and know. back allow me to, I will be in that sport forever. Exactly. So again, you're right. We do have, we do have certain physical limitations. So I may not be able to, if I'm a runner, I may not be able to run as far or as fast as I once did, but I can still run. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, like, you've got to look at what I, what you have, not what you don't have. So if you focus on, oh man, I can't believe I can't do this. Well, that negativity, you only see problems when you're negative. Right. You, you're not, you know, but when you think positively, you find the solutions to these issues. You don't see issues everywhere. You find solutions. So it's more about that's why I think perspective really, really matters. And as you age, much more so um, to live like a, a healthy, whole, um, you know, kind of happier, more satisfying life. Yep. We are talking with Dr. Lori about great sex after 50, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. So are you interested in vaginal rejuvenation and sexual health? It's a topic that we want to talk about more because how we look and how we feel make a huge difference in the way we live sexy. The company Lumisk has developed an easy treatment system for vaginal rejuvenation. It's a product that you can use on yourself and at home. It's a carboxy gel called CO2 Lift V. You simply mix together two packets of gel and apply it to your vulva and inside your vagina before bedtime and then rinse it out in the morning. The gel infuses CO2 into the skin to encourage blood flow. It promotes healing and cell regeneration. And the great thing is that there's no discomfort or downtime. This CO2 Lift V treatment keeps your vaginal tissue healthy and happy. It increases lubrication and sensation and make sex more fun at any age. After you finish the initial course of weekly treatments, you can easily maintain your results with applications once a month. Also, it's a sure way to snap back after a long night of great sex. For more information, visit CO2Lift.com, buy yours today, and get a 15% discount if you use promo code SEXYLIFE at checkout. That's S-E-X-Y-L-I-F-E. Great sex starts now. And remember, if you're looking for an online open-minded community to meet compatible people in your area, you should go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. So check it out. 
Ladies, are you ready to take your intimacy to the next level? Head over to EvolveYourIntimacy.com to learn more about intimacy, relationships, and sex counseling. And gentlemen, do you need a little bit more? Head over to our website to learn tips on how to communicate with that special someone and ignite that flame. If you enjoy our content and guests and would like to help us grow, go to our website, EvolveYourIntimacy.com to follow, like, subscribe, and comment on all of our social media accounts. Now, let's get back to the show. We are back, and this is the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. We are Stephanie and Fox from Evolve Your Intimacy, sitting in for Carol and David, talking with Dr. Lori Batito, discussing great sex after 50. Okay, Dr. Lori, we've had a great conversation about great sex after 50. I, inquiring minds a.k.a. me, want to know all about what is this Pornhub general health thing that you do? Can you tell us more about that? I'm fascinated, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes, let me let me share a little bit about that. So uh, about, I don't know, about five, five years ago, six years ago or something, I was looking for a new project. And um, I don't know if people know this, but Pornhub gets involved does community things and what they wanted to get involved in a new project so um i just my my agent actually happens to know them and anyway she put us together and we had a meeting and we came up with this idea of creating a sexual wellness site so a sex education site on their platform meant for the visitors that go to pornhub to have a space where they can get real sexual health information from experts. So all of our, we have like, I don't even know how many contributors by now, but tons of contributors, all experts in the field of sexuality, all doctors, nurses, gynecologists, urologists, all of that, sex educators, everything. Um, And we provide evidence-based information about topics covering every area of sexuality. We wanted to have a forum where people from all over the world can ask questions. Um, and then I answer those questions. So we always have a weekly Q&A on there. We have added educational videos. Um, again, you get to that site, there's no porn on our site. It's not, it has nothing to do with pornography. It isn't, my stand is neutral. Like I, it's not about promoting one thing or the other. There are articles on there that talk about some of the dangers of porn use and, and blah, blah. So it's, um, it's really quite independent and it was really created to balance out all the misinformation or the misguide, you know, people look at porn as if it's education, but it's, they forget this is entertainment. This is not education. This is entertainment. Uh, sometimes you can learn a few, a thing or two, but you can't go there for your, for your knowledge about sex because that's not sex and i always say it's like having it's like learning how to drive by only watching fast and the furious that's not how people drive in real life well this is not how people have sex in real life (laughs) you know um and my my personal reason because i struggled at the beginning with you know i i had to i had to think for for a bit about associating myself with any porn company, right? It's like, I'm not about the porn. It's not something that it's, it, to me, it was, it became a no brainer because I was looking for reach. I would say, how many people can I reach? I know I can reach X number of people through my radio program, through my blogs and whatever, but wow, I can reach millions of people every day with good quality information. It's like, it clicked in my head why am I even thinking about this? I'm going to take the risk to do this. And of course, you know, in the end, it became a bit risky with everything that happened there and all of that. And it was a bit of a messy situation. And but it seems to have been rectified on, on their part. And they, they've, you know, made some changes that I'm comfortable with and, and whatever. So it did, you know, it could create somewhat of a discomfort with all of this. And I took the risk. But they have given me an opportunity and I've been privileged to a not be censored. Like I could, we put whatever is necessary on there. Like 
you know, whatever I feel as the director, I feel people need education on. Like they don't say, no, you can't talk about this or no, you can't talk about that. So they've been amazing with that. And it's completely free of advertising mm-hmm. and it's completely free. Like they, they make no money off of that site. So it is a community-based project. Um, you know, at the beginning of, at the beginning when we launched it, uh, I think a lot of uh, the media was like, oh, it's a, it's a campaign, uh, you know, um, whatever. It's like a, I forget the word now. It's a little late. In the day. But um, somehow it's, it, it was a way to attract people to Pornhub. And it wasn't made for that at all, at all, at all. It's never even been advertised outside of Pornhub. It's only advertised to people who visit that, the, the, the you know, site for, for porn. So, uh, and in the end, it's, we've only gotten positive feedback because it actually, if you look at it, it's, it, it, it is what it, we say it is, you know, science-based information, evidence-based information, comprehensive sex education, touching all aspects. So I'm very proud of the project. I think it's, I think we have helped, I think we've had, we get like, I don't know if it's 40 million visitors a month or something like that's a lot of people to reach who are reading, even if they read one article, they're learning something. And to me, that matters. I think it's revolutionary, to be completely honest with you, because they're going to visit that site anyway. People, right. people crave that. So why not educate them as well as provide them with an outlet that they are craving and going to anyway? Right. To me, it's like putting a, an office in a uh, in a casino with a, a big door, a, you know, a sign that says, come here if you think you might have a gambling problem, I can help. You know, like it's right. Like you put it in the casino itself. You're seeing all the people walk by. Where else are you going to reach these people? You go where they are. So that was my reasoning for it. And uh, very glad I did. So I have a, a really, I guess, personal, not personal, but inquiring minds want to know what are some of the questions that you get asked by the the visitors oh my god you know i get asked all kinds of questions and some of them are it's amazing to me actually how people will ask me medical questions i'm not a medical doctor and i state that right out there but like oh my i have this thing on my penis and what do you think it is or you know my penis uh, has a curve in it what do you think that is and like people aren't going to the doctor. Like it's amazing how many people never consult a physician when they have clear issues, like something weird is going on down there. So oftentimes there's questions like that. Sometimes they're really basic, like, I don't know, I, I don't know how to begin having sex or I'm afraid to have sex or I want to lose my virginity. I don't know what to do or I'm awkward and how do I meet people? And, uh, and, and you can see where they come from in the world and, you actually get a sense of which countries have like the most limited sexual information, yet they have access to porn. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me. No sex education, but tons of access to porn. Something's not right here. Hmm. Mm, That is true. I just, I, I know that Pornhub is controversial. I get that. But the the avenue that you're taking with it and saying, you know what, yeah, let's let's educate it these these individuals and let's let's put the real, real raw, dirty science based facts out there and let's see how we can help others and that's just awesome to me. I want to be on the panel. <laughs> well, hey, if you want to be a contributor, finish your. your- uh, that's incentive. Get your dissertation done. We'll talk, okay? <laughs> uh, done. Okay, it's not done yet, but we're there in my head. Right. <laughs> so what questions do you have? I know that you love porn. <laughs> I just kind of went on the porn hub roll. Well, you say I love porn. I don't know if that's 100% well, true. I've been in porn. Um, well, one, oh, wow. I, it's not plural. Um, so I did a, ra- a reality-based TV show for Playboy called Playboy TV Swing with Dr. Jess. Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. I heard that. Yeah. Um, and so I was in the final season before they, they ended that show. Um, it, it was definitely an experience. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, sure. 
you know, I, I don't classify myself as a porn star or anything like that. Not even a star, period. Um, I did get some stars in like the sixth grade, though. So I'm happy about oh, that. Oh, boy. But, <laughs> no, no, I just think uh, I don't really have any questions. I, I think that that, you know, the overall project is it's quite amazing. You don't find that. Uh, I have not. Um, and, you know, and I surf porn time to time and, um, you know, I'm more than happy to admit that it's, it's fun for me. It, it gets the juices flowing. It gets the creativity flowing. Um, you know, it helps me fantasize about things that I wouldn't have thought about before. And then I try and decide, do I incorporate that into Stephanie and I's sex life or do I leave that alone? You know, what does that look like? Um, I haven't seen anything like that on any other website. Uh, you know, related to porn anywhere. Yeah, it doesn't exist anywhere. And believe yeah. me, Pornhub is only the it's the biggest one, but there are mm-hmm. plenty out there. And yeah. let's not forget that social media is full on of pornography. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Twitter, Twitter's more... the new free porn site. I mean, oh, it's 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 yeah, outrageous. Exactly. Um, and Facebook too. Like mm-hmm. when you talk about the problematic porn you're, there's way more of it in social media but nobody's talking about that <laughs> you know right. nobody's talking about that so unfortunately when you have um anti-porn advocates or the the, the loud few mm-hmm. they're going to pick on the big companies but they forget that they're they're everywhere else too like we've got you know if you want if you really want to eradicate stuff you've got to go where there's tons more and you know, change policy there. So I'm happy to say that I know um, that they certainly have changed a lot of their uh, policies and downloading policies and everything else. So they they acted they acted, and I'm I was happy to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I know that you know every now and then we'll have clients talk to us about porn, and, and normally one of the first questions I ask is, "Is it ethical porn?" And then the, yes, exactly. And then I get a blank stare. Well, yeah, what, is what, what is that? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> great. I'm glad you asked because I myself did not know what ethical porn was until what, about a year ago? Uh, yeah. About a year ago myself. Um, there was just never anything I, I ever really thought of, to be honest. Most people don't. They don't, they don't <clears throat> think about where it comes from, who's right. behind the camera, you know, are these be anybody being coerced? Anything, mm-hmm. you know, like right? Nobody actually thinks about that. Sometimes you just assume if they're in front of a camera, everything's cool, right? It's, it's right. everybody's chosen to be there. I, I would say, yeah. Anyway, we could have a whole other yeah. no. Or I, I don't even want to get into because it's so there's so much to unpack there, and I don't want to get into trouble. No, no, no. Don't don't get in trouble. I understand exactly what you're saying because. You know, like, for instance, my experience was very positive. Um, and I, I think I was lucky because it was a reality-based show and it was truly a, rea- a reality-based show. Right. Right. So, you know, they provided alcohol and some activities, but pretty much they just had hidden cameras everywhere. And it was, wow. you know, hey, we're going to record everything and then cut it into a show. Okay, great. You know, during my, my, my 22 years on the air, I interviewed a ton of porn stars Mm -hmm. about their work and their life and whatever. And uh, granted, these are women who want to talk about their experiences who all had, who are choosing to do this. And, and there's a, you know, it's positive and and whatever. I'm not, it's not to say that there's plenty who don't want to, or or maybe coerced into some things or, or what have you, but like, there's, you know, there's always multiple sides to a story. It's Mm -hmm. not just a, one, you know, all is bad, you know, all porn is bad. Well, I think, you know, many people can argue that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you are, I mean, that is correct. You know, I, I have personal friends that are porn stars or used to be porn stars and, you know, it's not all experiences are good, but not all experiences are, are bad. And, and, you know, I think, I just think it's important for people to understand that the majority of pornography is a, it's a show. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not fantasy, real. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not even realistic. No. Uh, you know, there's not always an orgasm. There's not always a 12 inch penis. There's not always multiple people. <laughs> there's not always an orgasm. There's not always a, a cup and a half of cum. I mean, let, let's get real. You know, that's, that's 
It's not real. Yeah. People, and this is why I talk about, um, and I talk to parents about this too, and educators about porn literacy. Make kids porn literate from the beginning. Yes. And that's where you start to talk about ethical porn and get them mm -hmm. thinking. What do you think is going on over there? You know, like, let's look at it critically and also teach them that, hey, this is fantasy. Real life isn't like this, you know, and you make them critical thinkers of what they're watching. Absolutely. So as we're closing up, um, because we're coming towards the end of the show, what are some closing thoughts or advice you have for those that are reaching their 50s or are already in their 50s? that might be struggling or might have questions or maybe they're not even struggling. Maybe they're just trying to adapt and evolve their sex life. Uh, well, I would shameless self promotion, but <laughs> I would buy the book and, and you know, I would buy the book before going to see a therapist because your questions might be answered in the book. As many times people will come to me and said, Oh, too bad you didn't read my book before spending the money here. Like you, you know, it would cost you a lot less, you know, <laughs> all the information is there. So I would say, start with that, like start with getting informed about the changes that are going to happen, you know, most likely will happen. And then you'll, you'll see that there are solutions to those things. So don't give up, but instead take the approach of let's find solutions. So if you always have that in your head, that there's a solution to everything, and I really believe there is, that you can find a solution to any of these things to make your sex life much more uh, pleasurable, please, you know, um, look for it. The other thing too is look at your relationship. If there's a problem in your relationship, let's talk about it. Seek couples counseling, Talk about what's going on because that will affect your sex life for sure. And don't wait so long. Like I find couples wait a long time before they go get help. There's no shame in, in getting, uh, you know, somebody in there to coach you, to, to do therapy with, to check out and do all of that. It's, I find it very helpful. Uh, so that would be the first thing. This, the Next, I would say expand your definition of sex. Like, don't think of sex just as penis and vagina or penetrative sex or what have you. There's a lot more to it um, than that. And listen, I think that's the truth for most people. The only difference as you get older is the changes that happen. But, you know, those changes can happen earlier for guys. It can mm -hmm. happen earlier for some women, too. So, you know, men tend to age starting around 35. They might notice some, some significant differences. Some men at 35, some men don't see a change until they're 75, but all women will see a change by 55. Mm -hmm. And that's because of menopause. So Damn menopause it. does something to our bodies that we all go through, um, but not everybody has all the symptoms. So it's very different. We can all experience it. Some women have vaginal dryness. Other women tell me they have more lubrication than before, and that's problematic for them. So there's all, you know, it, it, it's every, we're, we're all different. So which is why it's important to know know yourself as well. Mm. This has been one of my favorite conversations and I'm only going to say that because I fangirl over her. And like I said, <laughs> I'm, I do hear your name constantly. It is a thing in our house right now. I'm like, well, Dr. Lori said like, he'll read something. I'm like, well, Dr. Lori said it was good. <laughs> oh my God. The pressure. <laughs> no pressure. None I, at all. I feel like pressure. I already knew you before uh, we ever talked. I'm so thankful to get some of your time for this. So where can our listeners find you and learn more about you? So my website is drlaurie.com. So D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com. I also have a weekly podcast. It's called Passion with Dr. Lori, which is available on all platforms. And every week we either have guests or we talk about a particular topic and similar to this. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's, that's the best way and my you can have access to my TED talks I believe they're on my website too but if you just YouTube my name on YouTube you'll find the TED talks as well on there mm. I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> well it's been a pleasure I really enjoyed this thank you well thank you and so what a great conversation we've had today with Dr. Lori Batito talking about great sex after 50. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Dr. Lori. And I will continue to hound you and send you tons of emails. And um, yeah, 
That's just I look forward to it. That's it's just okay. your life right now. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna that that sounds just so She's, stalkerish. I mean, or threatening. <laughs> it's just, well, she just is a wealth of information. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm gonna hound you. I, I don't know if that's the the right word, but fangirl, you know. love, stalk, whatever. It's <laughs> yeah. all the same. Hey, I gotta get my, my small my take, wings. <laughs> might take me a little while to get back to you because. Times are busy, but I will get back to you. I promise. I love it. Well, thank you again. Yes, definitely. It was My definitely pleasure. a pleasure. Speaking of pleasure, if you're looking for guidance and counseling within sexual exploration, enhancement, or discovery, or you're just looking to evolve your intimacy, head on over to our website at evolveyourintimacy.com, where you can find free resources and all of our licensed and board-certified mental health professionals. All right, friends. Tune in again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and, of course, pleasure. Oh, and all the fun ways that you can spice up your sex life. Well, that's it for our show today. On behalf of Carol and David, we are Stephanie and Fox from Evolve Your Intimacy, sending you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe, and, of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.